folks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah, it is Friday, January 29th, 2021. This right here, your combat sports home known as Morning Combat. Hey, it's morning somewhere, right? My name is Brian Campbell, the beige one, the BBC. Hey, I think he's got that BDE as well today, right? Yes, thank you. Uh, representing CBS Sports Showtime, whoever will pay me really at this point, okay? And the guy next to me, you know him. You, some of you love him. He's big. He's opinionated. He's a hairy bastard. CBS Sports own the best in the world at what he does, Luke Thomas. Luke, it's Friday. Orange background. No J. BC in the director's chair. How are you, bro? I'm doing well, good, sir. Happy to be here. It's a Friday. Not a lot happening in the combat sports world in terms of events tomorrow. A little bit, a little bit. We'll get to that, but... Uh... It's freezing cold here in the nation's capital. Is it butt yes. cold up in Connecticut as well? Yeah, in Connecticut we have a feels like today of negative nine. Is that what you're <laughs> dealing with? Uh, it's below freezing here, but not quite that. Still, enough where it's like, do I want to walk the dogs for very long? No, I do not want to walk the dogs nah, for very nah. long. It's cold. Luke, it's, they used to say, right, the, the old timers, it's colder than a witch's titty. Yes, I've heard that expression. I don't really know what that means except to say that those things must have been cold. Yeah, <laughs> those, those those slapjacks must have been. Luke, why do we always have to start with misogyny, right? I mean, can't we evolve, please? I, I mean, if war, if listen, if warlocks had titties, we would probably talk about how cold they are as well. But I guess yes. that they don't, and I guess that they're not. So here we are. Well, we yeah, I mean, we don't have much to report today, but some people think, Luke, that's when we do our best work, right? So let's see what we got today. Uh, a couple housekeeping items. Please like this video. Please subscribe. To the freaking rocket ship that is Morning Combat. Not just this, right? Three live shows per week. Luke's live chat on Thursdays are exceptional interviews, including the one I had with uh, the great Eddie Alvarez this week. We got great other bonus content. Rashad Evans and I recorded another trip down memory lane of his career. So uh, join what we're doing here because eventually there's going to be a point where if you haven't subscribed, we will kill you. <laughs> We're like COVID. We will find yes. our way into your house one way or the other. And it may just kill you when it gets there. Yes, we're a lot like COVID. Yes, thank you. Um, all right. So, Luke, also, uh, store.show.com is a great place to buy merch, including uh, this fantastic all the smoke hat that I've been gifted with by the great folks of Matt Barnes Dude, and Steve Jackson. Much gear, how much gear did Bellator send you? I don't have to disclose that uh, uh, <laughs> publicly, but uh, but really we want you in this morning combat gear. So uh, the tumbler, the hat, the 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 cock ring, whatever you prefer. Okay, yep. this is yep. out there for you. It's it's comfortable. There's much hipper merch on the horizon, they say, but you know they've been saying a lot of things too, including how do we get this merch to our passionate fans overseas? Still haven't figured it out, Luke. You know. The industrious ones, they smuggle it, but everybody yeah. else just whines. Remember what Willie Nelson said in Half Baked Luke? Do you know how much condoms cost back in the day? Don't no, know. I've... We never used them. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, Luke, if you want to try uh, Showtime for 30 days, and I really, I really encourage you to do that because why not, right? It's free 99. Head on over to Showtime.com. Get a 30 day trial. Here's what you're going to get World Championship Boxing, great documentaries, shows. You like, I don't know, what do you like? 
You're going to find it there. The Comedy Store Doc. Brendan Schaub's in that. Hey, he was on Rogan. Did you check that out, Luke? I've not seen it yet, no. All right. Well, you know, it's there on that website. Uh, so that's all we got here. Luke, you got any other uh, You got weekend plans? There's not a much, bunch of fights this week. Before we get into the headlines, you got anything? Uh, are you going to hunker down and hibernate this weekend? No, no, no. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. I think it's supposed to snow here on Sunday, so we got really just one day to go out, and it's going to be ass cold. I don't know what we're going to do. I think we're just going to... We don't have any real plans, to be quite candid with you. It's COVID. What the fuck can you really do when the outdoors are, you know, below freezing? I'm not, and there's no. And by the way, I don't live like near a mountain where you can just go. Oh, let's go skiing. It's like that's not really an option either. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's gonna be nice and boring, BC. All right, all right. Maybe you'll put on your favorite song, "Ass Titties, Ass Titties," right? <laughs> DJ Assault is a legend in these parts. Don't you dare besmirch that name. All right, all right. Shout out to uh, everyone in your uh, fine family, including uh, Mocha and and, uh, and Uncle Felipe. Great stuff. All right, let's get into the show this week. Here we go. Uh, Luke's favorite topic to kick off, right? Crossover celebrity boxing. Yes. Uh, the aforementioned Jake Paul, who has signed on in April on a thriller pay-per-view to take on former MMA star and world champion Ben Askren, is digging deeper into the MMA playbook, Luke, to train... For boxing. What does that mean? That means he has joined the camp. I don't know if it's permanent. I don't know if it was one day, but video has emerged that Jake Paul is joining forces with Jorge Masvidal to prepare him for a quick KO of Ben Askren. Now, Luke, the video was weird. Apparently, we don't have it right now. My fault on that. But um, it. it shows Jake Paul being taught by Gamebred the running move that he did to hit Askren with the flying knee, only instead of the flying knee, since this is boxeo, it's sort of a flying Superman punch. Your reaction to this bullshit, Luke? I mean, let me just add, let me just pull back the curtain here a little bit. I was thinking about this this morning. What does it say about us that we're leading the podcast with this? Seriously. That, that we're trying to troll our audience hard and troll you at the same time? Okay, the trolling me part I get is one of your favorite things to do. All right, check that off the list. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I, mean, I don't even know if we should be like talking about this. Like, here's my question to you, and I was thinking about this too. It's like, are we going to include every piece of minutia or detail about what the Paul brothers do now? I mean, I, I get you can't like you can't escape it on some level. You got to include it. I think a little bit, but this to me seems like a fairly minor detail, a pretty dumb one at that. And it's like we're leading the show with it. I don't know if that's such a, such a smart call, BC. Well, you know, I don't know if this... It, first of all, you know, I don't have producer credit, so I certainly didn't make this rundown. Um, you, second you of certainly, all... You certainly, when the producer who did make the show was asking for topics, your boy, you, went silent. So I don't know what well, happened. Luke, there. I was in a uh, day three of the diet uh, from our fat weekend. Uh, were you bitter? You know, uh, carbs withdrawal i was i was like a you know an ex-heroin addict I, I was not in a position to approve topics luke so i really have no idea what's coming next but i will say luke there was no shortage of offers being thrown out there to uh the pauls or the Askrins to prepare for this fight um do you think Jake, put on your serious cap for 30 seconds is there anything jorge can do to prepare jake paul to knock out ben Askren? Yeah, sure. I mean, we talk about best boxers in MMA. Jorge's on that list. I, I mentioned this yesterday on yesterday's live chat. Um, and you might say, well, I mean, the part that's weird is like, it's not that Jorge doesn't know how to strike. He quite obviously does. And it's not like he doesn't know how to box. He quite obviously does. 
But it's like, <laughs> I mean, as qualified as Jorge is on many different forms of combat, wouldn't you go to a pure boxer if you're going to be in a pure boxing match? I guess maybe not because, you know, what the hell is Askren going to do? You know, he had two UFC fights where he didn't land a single significant strike. Um, you know, it's like getting unorthodox with it in ways that Jorge can, I suppose, make sense. But I just find this whole thing fucking stupid. And I vote, I, I, I would like to motion that we only give attention to this fucking fight to the extent there is any kind of a major headline, like the fight is off or here are the results or something like that. Because this is, this is, and it's, it's my fault, but this is the world's dumbest story. All right. We, well, are, you, you, we are only you making wanna... it dumber. This is the only motion I think you have for this fight. I got a little bit more interest, but uh, do you have a, uh, of the two celebrity Paul fights on the docket, does either one interest you more? No, dude, no, 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 no. As my daughter goes, no, 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 no. We are trying to align different parts of the world for some kind of yo mama contest and the meeting in the middle only happens in a place where both guys aren't good at it. Like, that's the only way to make it happen. That's the, what on earth could be the fucking appeal unless you're 15 or you are in a traumatic car accident. I don't understand. Um, now, I've done some brain damage from drinking, BC. Okay, all right. You know, guilty as charged there. Don't, don't so tell maybe, Spencer you know. Fisher that, Dana White, please. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm on the same level as him. Exactly. We've done all the same things, and we have sacrificed on the altar of athletic achievements just the same way. But in all seriousness, it's like, dude, I just, I'm trying. I'm trying, and I can't. I just, oh, Luke, have some fun. This is not the way I have fun. I have fun watching Max Holloway. That is how I well, have look, fun. Well, look. I can't do it. Look, part of your job, I mean, you disagree with my interpretation of your job which is to make educated predictions and i get that we have a, there's a gap between us there that gap will probably always be there luke maybe that gap fuels our uh chemistry and will eventually become our demise but luke <laughs> sometimes you have to talk about fights and fighters that you don't love i mean you yeah know, i do Yohan, that every day you want i don't be like back I don't, one day so <laughs> I want to get an early feeling here, since you won't entertain us with your thoughts. Uh, do you? Who do you think is going to win this damn Paul Askren fight? I mean, no, just to be clear, I don't mean to be demeaning towards what. Like, here's what I'm here's here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that if we get in the habit of just magnifying everything that the Paul brothers do, that this will become just a force of habit. It's like, oh, the Paul brothers farted on. Instagram, let's make sure we talk about that because they tagged Dylan Dennis in it or something. Like, I just want to make sure we don't get down that path. Like, who's going to win? I have no fucking idea who's going to win for all the reasons aforementioned. These, neither of them are boxers. One uh, was a hugely legitimate athlete, but certainly has been through it a little bit, again, including hip surgery. The other one is, uh, you know, Dennis the Menace meets car crash victim, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> meets fetal alcohol syndrome. I mean, I don't even know oh, what to say on. about this guy. Are you talking uh, calling him a Sid survivor? This is not uh, good. I'm not. I'm just. Say, okay. Listen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I want to make sure very careful about this show. Do we have latitude on this show? Producer credits or no? We have latitude. We can choose yeah. what the fuck. <laughs> I know I've got longitude, show. if you know what I'm saying. BDE, Luke. Uh, but I, know, I, know, I like you. how you. I like how you wait for other dudes to tell you you have that, as if that's some kind of like proof of it. But listen, in all seriousness, uh, you know, I do think the story here that's kind of interesting is Jorge 
like never pumping the brakes on aligning himself with this. And I guess the answer to that is what? The dude is trying to maximize celebrity. That guy has it. So just welcome him into your home, so to speak. Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's it, bro. That's it. Um, I did. Uh, look, I it, it, I would not be doing my job as a journalist. This is not me attempting to troll you, although sometimes that's a gray area. But if the Paul brothers you found out were 25% Colombian, would your analysis change? A little. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, a at least little. We're- at least we're showing our cards here, Luke, okay? Yeah, All but right? here's the truth. I said it before. I said it before. Be like, you can't take them seriously. You can't do this. I will say, I will I will repeat this to the end of the earth. It is. It, this is true for them. It's true for anybody in the world. I will take you seriously when you do something worth being taken serious, right? Take a real fight that's a real challenge, that's a real part of a cycle of growth for a professional fighter, and I will take it seriously. But that's not what they're doing. This is all fucking circus act. How many clowns can we fit in the car? And they're going to get rich doing it, which we talked about. It's a real lucrative thing. Although I guess I don't know what's happening with the older Paul brother and Mayweather, which we talked about I guess on Wednesday. But you know, at least for this particular case, I do think it'll it'll make uh you know make these guys some money. And so I sort of understand it. But on some level, it's like, dude, like if you get to sit in this chair, we get on just some level. On some level, we get to be tastemakers a little bit. We should tell the audience this is bullshit, because it is, and we should tell them it's dumb if you want to watch dumb things. I watch dumb things sometimes. Everyone does. Okay, but that's what it is. It's dumb. All right. Uh, Mr. No Fun Left uh, is back, <laughs> but uh, that's fine. We can we can pivot to more clowns. Luke, speaking of clowns, uh, you ever get this, this, this Tubi app, T-U-B-I? It's free app. It's got movies and TV. I only downloaded it because it was a documentary Tubi? I was looking to find. Tubi, they've got, uh, I think it's like a, it's like a Pluto TV, Fubo TV type deal. They got okay. killer clowns from outer space on there under the, uh, under the cult classics uh, folder. Are you a big fan of that? that, no, that? I, I will cop to it. I've actually, I know of the movie. I've never seen it. Is it good oh, or like, what is it's it? It's so painfully good, painfully bad, but good. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a trip. Look, it's a ride. All right. Is well, it like, uh, do you remember, do you remember in the eighties? What was big was like, I think nineties to an extent too. Remember leprechaun and all the leprechaun series. Dude, those were badass. I stand behind the leprechaun. Just like I stand behind some of the Ernest library, like slam dunk Ernest, you know, I mean, come on. Ernest you know? was basically just like, who was he? Like the white Tyler Perry, you know? Cause it's always like Ernest uh, goes to prom. Ernest yeah. goes to jail. Ernest I mean, goes to space. And then Medea does all that shit. A lot of people think if Ernest was still around today, he'd be co-hosting the show with you, Luke. I mean, you know, that's just, you know. Yeah. All right, Luke, uh, speaking of clowns, let's move on here. Uh, former former UFC champion Tito Hortiz in the headlines, you may have remembered, from his recent political foray getting voted in in California in his native Huntington Beach in the city council mayor pro tem the hell does that mean mayor pro tem luke yeah basically he's the guy who it's like vice mayor so to speak like See, if the mayor these... can't do the job he would fill in anytime you mix latin in here it confuses me right you know there's like a trial coming up somebody's pro bono i'm like dude i've been pro bono for a long time bro all right all right i had i had cinemax as a kid uh luke there's rumors here that he could be removed now look ever since he was elected there's been a uh and if you wanted to troll him hard, all you had to do was follow the headlines because he's getting thrown out of public meetings. He's doing his typical Tito extreme, extreme right wing takes mixed with 
let's let's call a spade a spade because Dana has for years. Is Tito the most intelligent man in this world, Luke? <laughs> no. Um, he's going to be removed as quick as he was voted in, Luke. This is William Henry Harrison territory here who died a month into office as U.S. president. Uh, your thoughts, Luke? I find the story fascinating. I find the story of a guy who banked on pre-existing celebrity, uh, what was left of it, certainly still you know, good name recognition. And obviously he has fame just not just exclusive to MMA. Remember he was on a season of The Apprentice with President or former President Trump anyway and um and you know has sort of been making the rounds in media for a long, long time. And dude, I will say this about Tito, like he's always been a very naturally good, instinctually understanding how to self promote. I think even his critics don't understand that. Like, you know, if you follow like Bohoshina Depot on Twitter the guy can't string together a sentence to save his life. Do you remember the one for the, um, for the uh, not the affliction card, but the, uh, well, he did the affliction, you know, post-fight interviews, which was a disaster. But do you remember when he was supposed to fight Chuck the third time and he was talking to Radio Rahim and he was talking about yes. Chuck reaching for those grapes? <laughs> do you remember this? I can barely recite what he was actually trying to say because it was just, you know, completely garbled English. But the truth is he actually is a very good... He just understands naturally how to promote himself. And so I think that's actually really expanded how far he would have ordinarily gone, given his abilities, which at some time were considerable, but you know have been gone for a while. And so he ended up doing this thing where he emulated Trump in every kind of way, uh, not so much for the grandiosity of the office, which was you know uh, president, but for his local one. And you know, it was just obviously apparent to anybody on the outside. This guy is just totally, I mean, this guy is way out of his depth. And he was still able to get elected. I saw some reports from local Orange County media being like, hey, why'd you vote for this guy? And a lot of them were like, hey, he seemed nice. He was popular. He seems to love Huntington Beach. They didn't really give it any consideration or didn't know him in the way that the MMA community might. And it has been a disaster. It has been a disaster from the word go. He is documenting all the places he is getting kicked out of, which have, whether you like it or not, you know, the, what, what is a business supposed to do? If there's a mask ordinance on some level, they have to comply. It's not like they have a choice. He goes to these places. They ask him to wear a mask. He refuses. They tell him to leave. And then he puts it on social media, which totally backfires on him. He has, he, what he doesn't understand is it's one thing to be Tito Ortiz, MMA fighter, but you have switched. You are now public servant. So now he's Tito Ortiz public servant. And dude, constituents are going to get in your fucking face and they're going to say really mean and nasty things to you. And he is obviously having a very hard time doing that. He is checked out from meetings. It's like, dude, there is just a string of people out there who think that politics is some kind of performative art on a grand stage for media. When actually, you know what it is? It's where do stop signs go? Do we have any issues with the water supply? Here's the zoning board meeting. Um, we need to get rid of these potholes on Highway 59 or whatever. It's actually, you have to govern. You actually have to do things. He is so out of his depth that three months in, you have the mayor and two other city council members begging him to be removed from the role of not only pro tem, but they want him kicked off the council altogether. Now, I don't know how successful that will be, BC, but it's like this, it's like this weird reality he's been able to craft for himself of 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 identity and like my dad told me this one time like what the word sophomore means in actual um is it latin or greek whatever the origin of the word is in latin it actually means having the form of substance but not any actually substance inside and that's what this is it's the form of some identity 
hey, I was a guy on TV. I had a really successful career as an athlete. I've been in the public eye for a long time. And then inside, it's a totally empty suit. And he's having a hard time understanding that. He's having a hard time dealing with it. And dude, there is national media all over this guy for every mistake he is making. Talk about biting off more than you could chew. Yeah, this is this is comical. Uh, Luke, are you making a case indirectly for monarchy, for the idea that the pe- you, you give too much freedom to the people to vote in the people they want, and this is what happens, Luke? No, uh, you know I think elections have consequences and they got to live with it. But if it were a place that I lived, I wouldn't vote for this guy for dog catcher. I mean, he is utterly incompetent. In well, he does have a good double do leg, Luke. I could see him. I could see him getting in on a Rottweiler, Luke. Okay, I mean, dog catcher. Actually, Luke, if you really want to, you know, suspend the the that joke and go into it, it might and it might actually be his future. Uh, Luke, um, I referenced earlier in the show that. Uh, I have brought back to life a former uh, CBS Sports State of Combat recurring series uh, story time with the great Sugar Rashad Evans, where we go fight by fight in his great career. And he tells us incredible details, including that time he pissed his pants in the Ultimate Fighter finale against Brad Imes during the fight, Luke, and nobody saw it. We did record an episode yesterday from his first fight with Tito Ortiz in 2007. You have any recollections of this one? It was a draw. This was a draw, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, didn't That's Tito put it on him early and then Rashad kind of came back late? Is that how it went? Yeah, Rashad took him down late. It, you know, Tito had a guillotine to end round two. Rashad, though, uh, with with uh, the announcers all over him, made a flurry in the final minute to take him down and, and put it on him to scrape the draw. And what's crazy, Luke, is, um, you know, that was a couple months after Rampage knocked out Chuck and Rashad not getting that loss, instead of getting a draw, propelled him into that run where he beat Bisbing, he beat Chuck, and he beat Forrest for the belt, and it sent Tito, who was fresh off being knocked out by Chuck in their rematch, to like six losses in seven fights. So uh, mm. it's an interesting fight in the uh, in the growth and career of Rashad Evans. I uh, a lot of cool details there. I, I encourage everyone to check it out. Luke, while I have the, the 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 area here as host to promote more of my own things, since we don't really have a strong rundown today, Luke, I did interview Eddie Alvarez this week, and he is getting lit the hell up for making the claim that he. Even wait, 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 wait. Before we t- t- pivot into Eddie, you don't have any, like, thoughts about how weird this whole story is? Uh, oh, Tito, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a joke. Uh, I do tend to understand why people are like, screw politics. I hate it. It's divisive. All these guys are crooks to begin with. So when a celebrity emerges, even a right. Donald Trump, to be honest, it can open up the doors remember when howard stern was running for governor of new jersey in the 90s you know what i mean at that time you're like yeah let's get somebody wild and crazy in there to break up and be a maverick right we love that term and uh and just you know yeah but tito's not that guy so this is um predictably sadly hilarious luke this ending right i mean well, it's not the end. It's not, here's the, here's the part it's not even the ending yet like we have to see. I mean, it, we're, we're just three months into this term we got to see how this whole thing plays out there is a long I mean, the drop to the bottom on this one could be much worse than merely uh, the mayor and two council members asking for him to be removed from this. But I just find it like this weird reality check where you can have, you can use, it's like, you know what it is to me? It's like the Paul brothers, like using YouTube to be like, oh, our KSI, like I'm a rapper. Well, you're kind of a rapper on YouTube. You know, it's not really real. And then in this particular case, like they're fighting Ben Askren, which is a real fight in certain ways, but not the way that is necessarily intended. 
and then actually tried to like do something with it with a real career, then you know, oh my fucking god, here it is the storm. This is why people play act. This is why this people pretend. This is why they posture because the actual act of doing the hard stuff, uh, they don't have the stomach for. Yeah, this ain't Ronald Reagan making the uh, transition, Luke, from acting to governor of right. California, and eventually not everyone, not the, everyone can make that switch, bro. Schwarzenegger this ain't made even it a little bit. Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jesse Ventura, Luke, who had pretty good success in their own right, taking politics seriously, right? Do you rem- do you remember? I remember when Jesse see, but Jesse Ventura was a little bit weird because he was. Uh, you know, that was just sort of a Why weird you, moment. You, you're see, you're automatically using the word weird to put him in a box because, as a former what uh, Navy SEAL or whatever he was, he, he feels was like he feels like he see he he knows where the bodies are buried. He has seen how the machine works, Luke. So he was very open to trying to expose that, and he's certainly doing it now with podcasts and TV shows. So you automatically want to throw is he, him. Is he exposing truths? Is that what he's doing in the lunatic bin? You and I had a text exchange about this last night, Luke. Yeah, Jesse this Ventura. Is, I thought the most interesting thing he's done more recently. Uh, has been that he sued the guy who claimed to be like the American sniper whose name I forget, who, uh, remember, in his book, essentially defamed him, and uh, Ventura sued him. Ventura sued this fucking guy, which is very hard to win on, and did, and actually won, because it turned out he just made up a bunch of shit in this book about, I mean, mean, who knows what all he made up, but certainly about Ventura, he made up a bunch of, and uh, he won that shit outright. I thought actually it was good for Jesse Ventura. But here's what I mean: like even Schwarzenegger, well, the government was... made up shit too, Luke. The government's made up a ton of shit that Jesse's tried to expose as well. Has he? That, is that what he's done? Is that how he spent I mean, his time? Maybe you're too close to the flame, having been you know grew up in D.C., having been in the Marines. It's sort of like Luke is every um, Mason part of the Illuminati. No, right? Right? Some of those guys are just, you know, they raise money for kids and they do nice things and they have a weekly club they go to. They don't know what the top's doing, right? Luke, I would expect more from you in the conspiratorial understanding and the wake up and the knowledge. But the problem yes, but is, the, but Luke... the problem is I'm not, I'm not moored to dumb ideas in the way that some people are. Here's the point. Schwarzenegger was a little bit different than Ventura because he was a little bit outside of the establishment as well, but he was much more of it relative to Jesse Ventura. And so I think that enabled him to do what he did, but both of them had some difficulty governing as well. N- none, none like Tito Ortiz, who, you know, Schwarzenegger's my hero personally, but Tito Ortiz, boy, he is, I mean, out the gate, stumbling over his feet. Now, Schwarzenegger does have skeletons in the closet, Luke. There was a maid, you know. Yeah, that one's always been weird. It's true. Like, I don't deny the story, but it's like. I was always surprised by some of the choices he made in his life, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you can't, sometimes you, you can't just got to bang no the maid, in I life, guess. Luke. Okay, huh? you can't throw a perfect game in life. It's not possible, Luke. I just wanted to say that uh, you and I had an interesting text exchange last night where the extremists nowadays, the 2020-2021 extremists, Luke, they've, they've taken all the things I've loved. I, f- I feel like going on a Nate Diaz rant, you know? Hey, far, far, far right-wingers, you've taken all I've worked for here. I can't be a conspiracy guy anymore because they've ruined that that genre. I, can I even be a Christian anymore? I feel like they've all ruined that genre too, Luke, okay? You know? <laughs> so in other I mean, words, you, you can't be a conspiracy theorist, or theorist, theorist excuse me, without also at be- this point, in current, current modern times, 
unless you hate Jews and all other races. Yes. Is that the idea? You, you, it used to be like, oh, that guy, either he knows something or he's a little crazy, but he's got interesting theories about uh, the Oklahoma City bombing or 9-11. Now it's, you're a friggin' racist and you just stormed the Capitol steps. You know, they yeah. they took that from me, Luke, okay? Yeah, right. yeah. you gotta be the guy who rolls up to Comet Ping Pong is like, I'm gonna go find all where all the kids are. And then you realize yeah. that you're a fucking idiot and it's actually just a pizza place and then you go to jail for it, you know? Like, one day I'll expose what's really going on in the basement of the Denver airport, but I can't do it publicly anymore or people are going to think I'm crazy. Anyway, Luke, we got to get out of here before the sponsors cancel our show. Uh, Luke, I did want to bring up quick as a uh, to plug my Eddie Alvarez interview. And uh, by the way, it was a bigger news announcement for one championship than we realized. It's not just that April 7 card, which is a Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT, where both Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez will be. You know, look, there's a big move for one. It's live primetime in the U.S., but it's going to be a series of Wednesday night shows throughout April, which is interesting. But Eddie's getting a lot of hate here from my interview where he says even at 37, he's the guy to beat Habib. Luke, everyone says that, right? I know. But, so I, how I formed the question, just to be fair here, is I said, look, you know, you knocked out Gaethje and he got destroyed by Habib. You had, you know, close fights with Dustin and he got destroyed. You you know, you had a fight with Connor and Connor got destroyed. What, what would happen if Eddie would have gone in there? You know, and, and by the way, it could have been Eddie and Habib at UFC 205 in 2016. Um, That's right. Luke, he still believes that he that, you know, that he's the guy because he's not great in any category, he says, but he's pretty damn good across the board. And he did reference the Gleison Tebow uh, <laughs> fight in which uh, Tebow very, didn't get very, the credit. Very, BC, when I think of very relevant fights, I think of the Gleison Tebow fight. You know what I mean? Well, the judges didn't give him the respect he may have deserved, Luke. I don't know about his bloodstream, but he may have yeah, deserved. Yeah, what, 2012, 2013? I'm sure. It's anyway, Luke, um, let's forget about this version of Eddie, who's one in one in one. Hey, my daughter's Pride... having a fucking meltdown like Godzilla and King Kong right outside my door, despite just, repeated just entries to my family the for them to stop that. Yeah, put the ducks on the TV. You know, it'd be fine. Luke, do you do you give any credence to 2016 Eddie Alvarez being the guy that maybe could have done this? No, fuck no. I mean, 2016, you mean? Yeah, I mean, 37-year-old no. Eddie's not going to do it. I'm sorry. He's not going to no. do it, all right? No, dude, no one was going to do it. No, no one in this era was going to do it. I mean, you know, you fight a guy 100 times. Could you get a couple of wins along the way? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not a 100% chance he wins every single fight, every single time, every single night. If you expose enough... Uh, if you have enough opportunities to do it, but like in general, you know, uh, who's who's up here, who's down there, Habib was the best fighter of his generation in his weight class, and it's not especially close, and it's not especially controversial. I can understand why fighters say this. I mean, the A, they probably believe it, right? You got, I mean, you can't go in and be like, oh, I can't beat that fucking guy. You know, I mean, you have to believe you can beat him. And so they're going to say that, and, you know, um, in terms of asking questions, it's sort of a fun way to go about having an interview, I suppose. So you're going to get these responses, but like just sort of taking a step back here, you know, it, it just sort of ask yourself what your most prized possession is, like whatever that is, you know, your house, your car, I mean, physical possession, not like some sort of, you know, uh, hypothetical thing or theoretical. Um, so let's say my house, right? Uh, would you bet your house on Eddie Alvarez in 2016 to beat Nurmagomedov? I sure as fuck wouldn't. I would absolutely pick him to win and I pick him to win just about every time. Um, if I lose the house, okay, I lose the house, but I like my chances on Habib and keep my home. Luke, final note on one, and again, look, you know, we've 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 razzed on that organization plenty of times, but we've also 
you know, I mean, we left out a little bit of hope. If they can bring this to the U.S. and excite us so we're not chasing some stream and they can put on fights we care about, they can carve a niche. If you were looking for more front yard workout equipment and you went on Facebook Marketplace and you saw, damn, this is a great-ass deal. Holy crap. The guy will ship it to me, too. But then you see the seller's name is Shatri Sidyong Tong. What do you do? Uh, You know, <laughs> I'd make sure I buy through PayPal because it would be easier to get a refund that way. I was actually tweeting about it today. I was going through the One Championship YouTube channel, and I guess in October they put out this, like, Hey, geographic video over uh, him, over Chachri. And, like, there are parts of his life where, you know, he was, his family lost all their money and his mom had to move into his dorm room in college for a time. And, you know, uh, I'm sure that there is a lot to be said for that about having a hard scrabble background and using it to fuel success. Okay, fair enough. Um, but they really sort of dig into that, number one. Second of all, they just go on to make a series of claims that are just totally, you know, uh, refuted by actual real reporting with numbers, with data, with documents, with testimonials that doesn't in any way show what they're showing. It's like, dude, everything from this company, everything. Like they had video, they had fights that came out today. Rugrug won. The the guy from Lamb Wrestling in Senegal was amazing, and there was a bunch of other stuff that came out that was pretty cool. Like their product of all products bc is actually the best situated to compete because of how unique their rule sets are and how unconstrained they are by athletic commissions and yet everything they do is so mired in myth and exaggeration frankly outright falsehoods and some mix of everything else in between you just it's hard to know what you're getting at any given time i like their rule set i think it's good I like the diversity in how they have fights with rings and cages and this size glove and that size glove. I think it's fun what they do, but they are just utterly unreliable people in every way. Yeah, I mean that's not that's that's not it's it's harsh, but it might be fair. All right, more to come. We'll see. Uh, Luke, speaking of potentially unreliable people, hey, big news this week. This isn't our rundown. Famed, or is it infamous, referee Mario Yamasaki has announced he has intentions to re-enter an MMA cage in 2021. In an interview with MMA Fighting Luke, he said uh, he hasn't worked about, of course, since February 3rd, 2018 in Brazil. Mm. He's waiting for the pandemic to be over so he can start applying to athletic commissions again. And uh, he says, maybe not the UFC, but... Bellator, PFL, Shudo, other promotions, so I can be back in this sport. It's going to be up to the athletic commissions to accept me and license me and start giving me fights to referee, end quote. Uh, Luke, this is almost Mazagati territory in terms of someone who draws the ire of one Dana White. Uh, did Yamasaki in his exit, did he get a bad deal? Is it is it overblown that this guy could end up killing a man? I like the heart weird thing he does. I like that fake Instagram or Twitter account with his name on it. What are your thoughts on all things Mario Yamasaki? Yeah, my hey, thought on this one. Yeah, big look, brown, he took, he, I, I'm actually a little bit more welcoming of his return than others. I saw I saw Michael Kiesu obviously had to deal with uh, Mario when uh, Mario made the stoppage in the Kevin Lee fight, which to this day, you know, probably not one of his better stoppages, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, Mario is obviously Brazilian, uh, but I know him and his brother really well. They, were, they lived in D.C. for decades. Um, him and his brothers are institutions here. They have multiple Yamasaki academies in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I know a lot of the black belts who teach at these places. Like, 
You know, here's the thing about Mario Yamasaki that a lot of people lose sight of. One, in terms of his contribution to the martial arts um, in this country, I don't know about Brazil, but I would assume it's something kind of similar. Dude, he's done a lot. He has been very, very instrumental in spreading jiu-jitsu here, in being a part of um, the infrastructure to get more tournaments and um, to help, you know, with law enforcement and that kind of a thing. Like, him and his brother have done a lot there. That doesn't have anything to do with the question about how he is as a referee, but this idea that like, he's some fucking terrible person, like, I don't, sorry, I, no, he's not. He has made some really regrettable decisions, I think. But here's my point, BC, and I wonder if you agree with it. He took time away, which I think was probably necessary. When he, he made many mistakes, but when he was in the Priscilla Cachoeira Shevchenko fight, he not only let it go too long, but he made the mistake of, I mean, this is why I like referees talking to the media because you actually get a real keen understanding of what someone thinks his reasoning for letting it go on was that he wanted her to be go out like a warrior which is like barbaric has nothing to do with the rule set I mean it was a red flag of all red flags he had no choice but to stop at that point you're gonna be a danger to somebody but what I will say is this and I don't know what he's been doing but if you take time off and then you recommit yourself to additional training and then we'll start you off on a smaller show, Chuteau Brazil, um, you know, maybe some Bellator undercard or something. Really recommit to the process. We talked about with Conor McGregor. It's not the same thing. But this idea of how committed are you when you stumble to taking a step back and reteaching yourself and relearning and getting best practices down again and really just perfecting the craft. If he is interested in something like that, I believe he is deserving of a second chance. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so Dana destroyed him, of course, after that that Shevchenko fight you mentioned. Um, it was interesting in his quotes, Luke, in the MMA fighting interview, where he said, basically, anywhere but UFC. What do you read out of that? That he just sort of doesn't want the the derision that he'll face by coming back because it's weird. Because look, this is again, I say this is Mazagati territory because that's the guy Dana hated the most. Only Mazagati's never really gone away. He's not refereeing anymore, but he does work for the. Uh, Nevada State Commission, so he's cage side at so many big UFC fights, wearing the referee shirt, kind of like you know working the 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 clock and all that. Luke, uh, the one of those ringside officials. Um, I'd love to see the interactions between him and Dana. But if you're Mario and you want to do this, dude, um, go right back into the UFC, redeem yourself. No, nah. I mean, for I mean, maybe eventually. I mean, here's the, what I would say is, if I was him and I, you took the time away, I would go to some kind of new certification course, right? Just get back out there. You might know a lot of it, but there might be some things you just need to resharpen, really become a student of refereeing again. And then again, as I mentioned, start slow, Shuto, some of the P, uh, LFA, something like that. And then as that begins to get better, if you've really shown like, wow, man, like Yamasaki really is so much better than he was before, then I think you could open yourself up to the conversation of UFC because if you just go right back to UFC without really proving you've made a change, you're going to be subject to unfair scrutiny. That could fuck you up and get in your head. The last thing you want to do is bring that to a fight. You got to bring calmness. You got to bring assuredness, decisiveness, knowledge. You got to bring those things to bear as a referee in a fight. And if you're not ready to do that, this is not the place to begin to experiment with that. So prove yourself. And you know, if he gets to a point where more is warranted, well, then more is warranted. And if not, maybe, listen, maybe he can have a second career as just doing some of the smaller stuff 
without incident. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. It doesn't always have to be the most grandiose heights. It just needs to be where you can do a capable job. Let's see where yeah. that is. Yeah, I mean, look, if he's just doing it for the love of the sport, then do it wherever they'll have you. But, you know, I was once featured in a uh, disparaging uh, video put out by the UFC taking down the media, and I'm going to I'm gonna waltz right back into an arena one day, Luke, full-on billionaire strut, all right? Mazagati and I are going to walk right up to Dana and be like, how you like me now, you old bitch, right? Okay, I, okay, I actually, okay. I actually don't think you're going to do that, but I would love to see it. Uh, whew. God, I got fired up right there. All right, Luke, uh, speaking of interesting headlines, um, so UFC fighter, is he Bantamweight fighter or Featherweight? Casey Kenny, Bantamweight fighter, correct? Bantamweight. He's going to be fighting uh, Dominic Cruz. Yes, good call. He was on a uh, Sean O'Malley's podcast, I believe, which had some wild topics, including uh, heroin and other things. And eventually they got around the topic of uh, would you smash UFC Featherweight women's fighter Megan Anderson? And Kenny was uh, didn't like the idea. Then they did some very, you know, guy talk. And it got out to the internet, Luke. Quicker, quicker, by the way, than my slamming of your interest in Risen. Uh, but this is much more serious, Luke, in a lot of ways. Because then Megan Anderson saw it. And she tweeted, uh, you know, not only her dislike of of the terms in the in the conversation but uh you know the whole idea of a co-worker talking about another co-worker and oh by the way this guy's on the next card i'm fighting when i take on amanda nunes uh luke there's lines right and look sometimes i've been an absolute goofball for the sake of comedy and 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 gotten near those lines and it would have been very regrettable luke and it was with the whole japanese mma thing when people misinterpreted me jumping over those lines when i necessarily wasn't um so maybe maybe we all have to pull back here in a lot of ways, Luke. Um, all I know is that I hope we can learn from this situation, but this is pretty disappointing across the board. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is interesting. This one is different. This one is, is somewhat unique as a uh, story because, first of all, let's be clear about something. They don't enforce it, and whether they should or they shouldn't is entirely a matter of a separate debate for a different show. But, like, by the UFC's code of conduct, such that it exists, and it does, and it apparently is still on the books, um, although, you know, if you have a sign that says 65 miles an hour for a speed limit and no one ever enforces it, is that really the speed limit, you know? But a different case to be made. Uh, by the code of conduct, what he did is absolutely uh, a problem uh, against yeah. it and enforceable by punishment. Um, so to be clear about that, you're like, oh, well, you know, did he break any rules? Technically, Yes. Now, I don't think the UFC is going to do anything about it other than maybe have a call with him. Um, but it really gets this really interesting case, BC, about a couple of things. One, um, what, are, what should you be allowed to say on a podcast without reproach? Um, what do people really say in private um, versus public? Uh, what can you say about someone who you essentially work with? I mean, to call them coworkers is a little bit of a strain because they're independent contractors, but they are all, I mean, you can be independent contractors and you can still be coworkers. You don't necessarily have to both be employed as that designation by the person paying your checks for that to be a situation that you couldn't necessarily tolerate uh, or would want to tolerate or want to give any, um, you know, justification to. Here's what I would say about it, BC. I think it's kind of interesting. On the one hand, I mean, I think mostly I side with Megan. I mean, it's, you know, you're going to put out something for public consumption. It's not a private conversation anymore. 
People are like, oh, that's how guys talk. Well, that's true. That is a lot how a lot of guys talk. I, I you know, I've been around enough locker rooms and around other dudes to know in private conversations is how they do it. But you're not having a private conversation, are you? You are asking the world to tune in, and when you do, the world's going to have something to say about it. That changes the equation immediately. Number one. The second thing I would say, though, is what I do find kind of interesting is there's not really a defense to it, but um, you could have this conversation on this podcast about women in this way as long as you didn't work with them. Now, people might tune in and say you're disgusting and you're a pig and you're rude, but the reason why he gets in trouble here, I think, is because you brought it in-house. If you were having a conversation, for example, about um, female rappers or just artists or actresses, again, the conversation might be lewd and lascivious and gross, right? All those kinds of things about what you want to say about it. But I don't think you'd get into this kind of trouble. The reason this isn't the trouble is you crossed two boundaries. One, it was disparaging about a coworker, and not in a way that's like, I'm going to fight this guy, about just unnecessarily just spraying the block. And two, there's sort of uh, gender issues in the workplace here, and it's just that. It's the workplace. I think that's what really makes this like the trifecta of fail. Well, I think what escalated this, Luke, and look, the, is the whole thing inappropriate? Yes, especially on a public forum. And then, look, spin it back on me, Luke. Is is he boss sneaky? I think I said that once. Well, yeah, she is, okay? But uh, should I be talking about that? Probably not. But, Luke, Definitely I think not. it was that, that Kenny was – negative right that that that's what made it the all the worse and pushed it out to the masses because you know they asked if he would smash and he yeah was but like, i don't think eh, that's nah. true either i mean well, if no, he was here's like what i'll say i'm not saying if he would have been like hell yeah i would that it's any better but i don't think it gets out there if he was like you know oh absolutely she's a beautiful co-worker right no it, because he was like uh, not, no, no, not my, no, no, right? Because of that, then suddenly you really double down on how misogynistic this is and, and that this conversation shouldn't be taking place. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I, I buy a little bit. I, I buy the idea that because it was negative, it amplified it in ways that maybe if it was positive. When I say, po- by the way, when we say positive, it's still negative, which is to say, you're still talking about how you want to fuck or not fuck a coworker. Dude. <laughs> Like, yeah, maybe that's shelve bad. that one for not yeah. when the thing is hitting the record button. That's just me thinking out loud. But, okay, point. yes, the fact that he was like, you know, I don't want to fuck her. She's the grossest thing since blah, 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 blah. Uh, yes, that certainly maybe uh, exacerbated it a little bit. But, dude, if he had gotten on there and been like, yeah, dude, I'd fuck her brains out and blah, 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 and said all this, like, really, you know, very graphic things, that still would have been a bad and b i think that still would have gotten him in trouble the fact that he answered it in any kind of a way other than no comment uh and then like okay how about this if he had been like very passive about it you know uh, you know either eh, she's attractive you know whatever but or she's not attractive or whatever maybe not a big deal but if you go into detail in a negative way like you don't want to or detail in a positive way again which is again Dude, you can't in the workplace be like, yeah, I want to fuck my coworkers. Yeah, you're like, right. You're right. You, you can't, can't do that. You can't, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't be like, hey, you think our producer Manich has a huge hog or not? I can't say things like that, Luke. I don't want to be part of those conversations. You know? Yeah, I mean, you only want to have it about yourself, which makes it weird and kind of uninteresting, but also probably safe for public consumption. Uh, as a general rule, gentlemen of the world, you want to stay out of trouble. Don't talk about how you would or would not fuck your coworkers. 
on your wildly or at least, you know, at least public fucking podcast. Maybe don't do that. But I will say, BC, yeah. and I've gotten in trouble on, on it a little bit on my radio show, like Guy Talk, which kind of went the way of the Dodo Bird by virtue of some of the problems that like Opie and Anthony had where they were like having people bang in a church. Um, you know, a, a lot of guys in private do talk this way. I think it, that should be acknowledged. And also, would it have been as bad if they had been like, you know, because uh, Michael Chiesa and I have a very playful thing going where we're like, who was a bigger teen heartthrob? The girl who played Topanga or um, the girl Kelly who played Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. We've never gotten into a whole lot of trouble about that, but I think it's because we were like, Talking about as you know, pimply faced teens who's who prettier. We pined after I mean, more. there's a look. The, seriously, there's a difference between soft and hardcore, and even in terms of jokes, who's prettier, or even stupid me going, "Wow, oh, she's kind of sneaky." That's different than would you smash, right? I mean, there are lines, there are levels. Yeah. Even I remember, even I, re- I remember when the uh, when the World Cup was around for like the last one, the uh, the Italian team, the men's Italian team. Um, they all had Hugo Boss do their uh, photo shoot before they left for the tournament. And, or no, Italy was out of it. Man, what team was it? It wasn't Italy. It was, I don't know, Argentina maybe, whatever. Some team where all the dudes are handsome. And I saw a bunch of women on Twitter like talking very sexually suggestive about it. And I really asked myself, you know, uh, dudes do this kind of thing, but um, would, would the standard be the same for men? And sort of I, I asked myself, um, you know, I, I don't know what the answer to that question is. I, I, I tend to stay away from most of that stuff just as an abundance of caution. I don't think I, I think there's a way to thread a needle where, again, if they're not coworkers, which completely eliminates the situation, and you're talking about the uh, opposite sex, there is a way to like gently have a conversation about, um, you know, the level of attractiveness and to what extent you have, respond to that. But you've got to be very delicate with it. You've got to be kind of minimal with it. And you definitely, definitely not a good look to, to do it about, hey, you know Jenny who takes the calls at the front of the office? Dude, I'm trying to fuck that this weekend. Putting that on fucking podcast. Like, it's just the level of risk management there. Yeah. You know, not great. You might want to get a Patreon or, or cancel room service diaries, Luke, before something bad happens. All right. Okay, Luke. Thank yeah, you. This and is I, why when I, you I, ask me, hey, is so-and-so sneaky? I'm like, I try to just move around it, bro. Trying to just yeah. not step on that landmine. You don't have to step on landmines. You know that? You can just walk around them. It's pretty easy. Okay. Okay. Let me just go on the record, though, and say you are my co-worker. Wouldn't smash you, Luke. All right, Luke, our last topic of the week is an actual fight this Saturday, depending on your level of interest in it. PBC on Big Fox, IBF super middleweight champion and the unbeaten possible future star, depending on your belief in him, Caleb Plant against uh, another tough out and another Caleb in Caleb Truax. If you're like, who the heck's Caleb Truax? Look, he's a uh, former sort of tough out journeyman boxer who had his moment in 2017 when he uh, went to England. And upset uh, uh, James DeGale to win the championship in a fantastic performance. They had the rematch shortly after that. A very close fight again in which Caleb Truax lost. Now, later in his 30s, Luke, this is sort of his last big moment to go for it. There's been some good trash talk between these two on Twitter going back a few years now. Uh, The Caleb Bowl is finally happening. I think the key sort of interest is is really moving forward if Caleb Plank gets past this Luke and this is a tougher matchup than he has enjoyed of late and what I mean by that is 
Caleb Plant came out, won his title in tw early 2019 against Jose Uzcategui in a very fun fight. He took some damage. He showed you the toughness. Caleb Plant has incredible footwork, quick hands. I'm a big fan of his future. But Al Heyman and PBC very much, Luke, gave him the uh, prop him up matchmaking treatment after that. He took on the subway guy, Mike Lee. He took on some guy named Feigen Boots. He took on a lot of fights where he was propped up to absolutely dominate. I'm not here to tell you Caleb Truex is, is a uh, upset special on Saturday, but it is a tougher matchup to set up for the future, which is Caleb Plant looking to unify, looking to take on a David Benavidez, looking to get into the Canelo sweepstakes. Luke, be honest here. Would you have any interest in this on Saturday? Uh, no, I mean, I have minimal interest. You're big on Caleb Plant, so I will watch for that reason. Uh, if you're wondering about the odds, you can find Plant around anywhere from minus 5,000 to minus 10,000 as a 10, favorite 000. that gives you any 10, indication. 10,000? Bro, 10,000? Yeah, True X is anywhere from about a plus 2,200 to a plus 3,000, depending on where you want to look. Yikes. Yikes. So, not a competitive bout. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, it's like... You've got Truex, inside fighter to some extent, you know, smother you, volume guy, just makes it gritty and grimy where, where a plant is a lot more finesse um, and uh, certainly the better boxer of the two. Plant really hasn't beaten anyone, uh, to my mind, with a big name. Um, so, honestly, here's what's interesting about this. You've got Canelo, who has to fight Yildirim in I guess, February, and then the idea is, probably recent reports, Saunders in May, which would leave his September fight open, and you're thinking Caleb Plant might do that. But if I was Plant, man, like I think David Benavidez is the forgotten guy in this division. I'd love to see that matchup. I don't know if there's any interest or possibility for it, but it'd be kind of fun. But it's like this particular fight this weekend, this is a shit main event. We should just say it. It's not interesting. Well, it's, it's a setup for bigger things, which unfortunately in boxing you get often. It's sort of like I have to watch this watered-down fight to get me excited about the <laughs> Dude, potential boxing, of a future it's the, fight. It's the king of stocking stuffers, bro. It's the king. Well, yeah, this is a stocking stuffer fight. You get to see a world-class guy and kind of judge how he'd do in the future. I will say, though, if Plant falls out of the Canelo sweepstakes, you're right. The, the Benavidez fight is the fight to make perfect style matchup and oh by the way they really don't like each other in this footage online of plant getting into a beef with both benavidez brothers because this brother jose who uh excuse me was stopped by terrence crawford a couple years back um they don't fool around in the benavidez family so i hope we build to that hey it, there's nothing else going on in sports this weekend i'll be checking out the caleb bowl to find out what's going on Luke. also i'll say Thank this you. one last thing we covered it live we did the showtime weigh-ins for Benavidez's last fight where he lost his title on the scales. Dude, that was a damaging moment for him. Like, he became forgotten after that. And it really kind of surprised me. 168, you know, Plant was asked, who could you face next if, in fact, Canelo has two fights in front of him and you want to stay busy? And, you know, people asked him, was like, you know, Benavidez is out there, blah, blah, blah. But, like, most of the people were like, oh, well, I'll just wait until September or maybe the Charlos will come up. Like, the idea that, like, Benavidez is a figure that you got to tangle with. He represents this division, blah, blah, blah. Like, I know that you know, and then the real fans know Benavidez is an absolute handful when he's on. But, like, losing your title on the scales and the performance was good, you know, but Jesus, man, he really suffered major, well, he are, not damage, but he just became invisible after it. 
Yeah, and the problem is it's the second time he's lost a title without losing in the ring. The first time when he uh, had that bad cocaine. test for cocaine and he had to kind of, you know, regulate where he's at in his life. He's young, he's big, he's aggressive, in and out of the ring. Uh, yeah, he's got to come back with a big win, Luke, to to get our attention. I think he's, uh, I saw rumored that he's going to be in there against Ronald Ellis coming up, which is a... It's a good bout. It's a good bout. It's a, it's a tough bout. But, uh, yeah, I want to see him against I want to see everybody against the best, Luke. I love that. Final quick note on Caleb Truax. I always have a soft spot for him because he is, uh, you know, he's a guy who was at a certain level, and then he made that leap and won the title. And he's very friendly on social media. I always call him Boxing Twitter's own Caleb Truax because he's kind of like a regular dude. He's one of us. Uh, Luke, he has his own beer out there. There's a uh, local brewery in Minnesota which has grown leaps and bounds since the two of them first started doing business called Lupulin. And they make an an eight count IPA, which has a picture mm. of him on the cover of the can. He was like involved in the brewing process and all of that, and it's a good story that's blown up pretty big. Because although I don't have ac- access to Lupulin on the Northeast, uh, apparently across the Midwest, it's you know it's making some moves. So if you can check out him. the eight count IPA, you can support our guy Caleb Truax. Uh, I, Luke, it's I, time. Hold, last thing I've noticed, you have a soft spot for grinders. You know what I mean? Those guys who just have these rough fights one after the other, phone booth guys. You have a real, you know, that, th- those are your people. Right. They are my people because those are hard scrabble people who represent the factory town image, Luke. And really, maybe, maybe they were tabbed for greatness all along, but they didn't realize it for a while, Luke, because of the realities of their surroundings. But hey, they hey, still made hey, it. I believe, I, don't, you, I believe in your talent. You know that. You don't got to convince me. Yeah, but you're trying to suffocate my talent often, Luke. Okay? Oh, is that you're trying what I'm to, trying to do? I'm yeah. trying to suffocate your bad jokes, not your abilities. No, no, I mean, look, look. there's art flying out. Of, hey, Luke, I just took a painting. I just finished my first painting. I don't want to know. I don't know if I should show it on air. Show it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Show it. I want to see that thing. Let me see I it. Was exper- it was very experimental. It was late at night, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe next week I'll unveil it. No, oh, no, right, no, fuck that. You cannot bring that up and not show it to us. Let me see. Nah, no, you know, I, I don't want to get derided right oh. in the early point of my career where I'm I'm really letting my art speak for itself, Luke. Okay, all right, give me a, give me a, some chance here. All right, uh, all Luke, right, but you got to show it eventually. Don't be don't, don't you can't I'll, do I'll that. I'll show it us. next week. I guarantee right. you, I'll show it next week. Luke, it's time for um, <laughs> you want to see Luke get mad? It's time for your favorite segment, <laughs> and it is called Dead Wrong. Listen, listen. All I ask is if you're gonna say I'm wrong, please be right. It's a very, it's a, I feel like it's a very fair standard. You know what I mean? Look, uh, Don't say this, wrong shit. Well, Luke, some people are, I think, are right in saying, Luke, just take the damn L already. All They're right? not Stop right. Trying to They're not. I, I went through. I mean, are we going to bring up this it. fucking Brazil thing again, or should we leave it alone? Stop trying to backdoor with your legal East and your William and Mary sweatshirt and try to, you know, no, Luke, take the damn L. And that's the point of this segment, by the I way, take that the we L. don't take when, it, when there's an L. We don't take ourselves so seriously, Luke, that, you know, we, we say a lot of shit into the ethos, and sometimes it's wrong. Okay, Luke? All right, here we All go right. with the first one. Uh, this surrounds Eddie Alvarez. Here's a message from one of our viewers. BC, FYI, Eddie Alvarez lost his one championship debut to Timothy... Nastyukin, right? Nastyukin via TKO, but he did beat Edward Furlong of Terminator fame via rear naked choke in his last one match. I think you may have confused the two when discussing Mighty Mouse's one championship title fight. So I had the the win and the loss flipped according okay. to this viewer, Luke. It was, it was, I don't he, really he, watch he, much. Like, he beat Edward Foliang, who's, I think, Filipino, out of Team Lakai. Second of all, what happened to Edward Furlong? Dude, that boy had one role, the role of a lifetime in T2, and then nothing. 
Luke, could you back me up on this? And I was talking, my kids and I were flipping through the uh, the movie potentials because we watched Con Air. I told you we're we're ready for the next action movie step up. And Terminator Two popped up. And I'm like, well, hold on, we should probably watch T1 first. We have to find it. And I was trying to explain to them when T2 launched. I was in eighth grade. Went with my dad on a Saturday afternoon. Luke, that thing was like so damn ahead of its time as an yeah. explosive, next level, futuristic, almost action movie with some of the greatest cinematography and soundtrack and like i mean it was just in your damn face luke tell the people how instrumental that movie was to your youth terminator the original terminator was big but not you know not game changing per se um, it was it was don't get me wrong it was a hollywood blockbuster schwarzenegger at his peak blah 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 it was all those things but t2 was the game changer t2 was the one where Whoever had heard and watched Terminator 1, it was like the Griffin Bonner, where then you told everyone else around you, did you fucking see this movie? And it got to mothers and grandmothers and cousins and friends and coworkers. That was the run on the water cooler everyone talked about seeing. And dude, I'll even say to this day, obviously uh, the graphics from T2, are they as good as the modern graphics? No. But I will say, even now, they that movie holds up. You watch Terminator 2 now, it still holds up. It's still interesting. It's still good. That is an all-time, one of the best action movies ever made in any language at any point. And Guns N' Roses off the Use Your Illusion soundtrack, getting You Could Be Mine on there. I mean, it was just, it was awesome, Luke. And Linda Hamilton, like she was in fucking, Linda Hamilton was kind of like a bit of a delicate flower-ish. You know, she hadn't taken the red pill in Terminator 1 until obviously everything went awry. Uh, in Terminator 2, dude, you, you see the fucking shape Linda Hamilton was in? Yeah. She yeah. totally owned that role. There could never be another person to play that role except her. She's unbelievable. Good thing she's not one of our coworkers, Luke, so we can be honest <laughs> with her. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the L on Eddie Alvarez here on the, uh, on the misappropriation of his characters, but do encourage you just the same to check out the interview in which he says, look, uh, he sent Michael Chandler to hell. Luke, he revealed in that interview... That before Chandler signed with the UFC, Eddie uh, called Chandler and said, look, let's do that trilogy, bro. And he says uh, Eddie didn't want nothing to do with it. I mean, well, he had bigger fish to fry in the moment, Alvarez. I'm sorry. I mean, I understand Eddie's point. And like a third fight would have been would have been cool. But, you know, if you're if you're if you're Michael Chandler, you know, I understand pulling that trigger on the UFC. So, you know, just something we'll just never get, I guess. All right, Luke, your boy BC was dead wrong again when talking about Monte Cristo sandwiches. You asked me what was in them, and in the moment I was struggling. I mentioned rye bread. Uh, here's a message from our viewer. BC is a Cumbies hot dog eating Philistine, so I'm not particularly <laughs> surprised he doesn't know what a Monte Cristo is, but that shit is 100% not made with rye bread. It's a ham and Swiss cheese sandwich dipped in egg and cooked like French toast. Ooh. If you make it with rye bread, you are a domestic terrorist and should be flogged with MK mugs. I don't know who sent that message in, but that's hilarious. Uh, Luke, I've eaten plenty of Monte Cristos in my life. What sandwich am I confusing it with? The one with the rye bread. It's kind of like it, but the, it's different. Like the, th- the, 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 the one with like the uh, corned beef and like a Thousand Island dressing? Yeah. Like Reuben? Reuben. Okay. R- sorry. Sorry to Jay and his tribe. The Reuben is what I was talking about. I love the elements of the Reuben. I hate the rye bread. Monte Cristo sandwiches, on the other hand, do kick a lot of ass. Luke. Can I tell you? I don't know if I've ever had a Monte Cristo. I don't think I have. Ooh. But we I don't should, eat ham, so together. I don't know if I'll ever have one. Would you ever do um? 
what's that Disney cartoon where each dog had an end of the the spaghetti? I would like to be on the other end of your Monte Cristo. We'll meet. Well, we won't meet in the middle. That's kind of La- Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay, just to have you experience it, Luke. Okay, maybe that was weird and awkward. We'll that edit was, that out. That was. Li- I mean, I'm going to report you to HR for that one. But okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, let's move on for more L's here. Uh, Apparently, Michael Chandler knocked out Conor McGregor, according to BC, on Have You Seen This Shit on Monday. Someone emailed me about this. I don't remember you saying that. Either do I, but obviously I was referring to UFC 257 when Michael Chandler made his UFC debut and and knocked out Dan Hooker. I probably mentioned McGregor because all them lightweights were filling my brain at the moment, Luke. Okay, I'll take the damn L. Okay, that might have been more a misspeaking than an L, but all right. You know, I I appreciate your spirit of... Accepting. Well, you know, my thing is, I'm going to believe the viewer because Luke, we're nowhere without these viewers. I know you want to, you know, you want to live and die over uh, not saying Ronaldo, even though there's video proof of it. But uh, there's not, you know. there's not. But okay. Luke, do you want to? Do you want to have a retort on that? Do you want to speak to the people? I mean, I, 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 it here, it's, this is one of those things where if you if you even bring it up, you automatically just take the L by default. So it's like, all right, people are going to well, be you're what claiming they the video that we ran. On Wednesday's I, you asked me for you asked me for a retort. May I give it very yes, quickly? Please. Very quickly. Five hundred bucks to the person who can find me before that video ever calling Cristiano Ronaldo anywhere in audio form. Ronaldo, five hundred dollars. I'll PayPal you overnight. Now, don't. But that's do not what they fa- were talking about, bro. They were Hold talking on, about let me before. Fit, yeah, let, let, BC, that's exactly what they were talking about. I'll explain it to you if you let me retort, which you offer to do. Very simply, find any moment before that video. Uh, where I was just reading the, the 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 Instagram shit, where I do that. There has never been a point where I thought he was Portuguese, and there's never been a point where I ever called him Ronaldo. Other than to note, BC, do you know what they call Randy Couture in Brazil? The, and this is true, Handy Couture. They call him fucking Handy Couture. That is a real thing that they have. I've heard them actually do it. So that's not me calling them that. But if I say they call Randy Couture Handy Couture in Brazil, am I calling him Handy Couture? No, I'm acknowledging in a different country that's what they say. Do you know the Germans don't call themselves German uh, or you know use that word at all to describe themselves? If I articulate that, am I calling them something different or am I acknowledging that's what a different language does? If you go back and listen, if you... If you want to be interested in good faith interpretations and actual literalism of things, I note that's what they say in Brazil, not what I say here or any other place. This is easy if you have listening comprehension skills, but if you want to force an L where one doesn't exist, you can try. 500 bucks Look, this the first This was a find much it. sober like intelligent reaction to this. You've just presented yourself for the first time on this topic as Maybe right. Maybe maybe it was uh, what's that guy's name who sent you to hell on Wednesday? Uh, Applesauce McGee fuckface. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know, I thought he was brilliant in his execution, but maybe you maybe you were right all along. I did say day- it. I did say it in the sense of this is what they say in Brazil. But dude, I've literally never done it in my life. Hand to God on my mother's grave. Look at me. I'm looking at you right now. All right, let's not on my mother's there, grave. I've literally never five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks to the person who can find it. All right. Much love to Mrs. Thomas. We don't have to go there on this one, Luke. Uh, you did take an L, though, in eight days ago when you and I did the Conor McGregor resume review, and I sort Uh-oh. of threw out there, hey, wasn't that crazy McGregor-Aldo prom- uh, promotional tour ahead of UFC 189 when he ended up fighting Mendez? You thought maybe it was after. Here's the message from our fan. Luke was wrong about the Conor-Aldo press tour leading into UFC 189. That was the eight cities, five countries, 
in 12 days mania Golly. in preparation for that fight. Unfortunately, Aldo got injured. We all know what happened with Mendez. There was another smaller tour for their actual fight ahead of UFC 194, Luke. You're going to take that L? I'll take the L. You know what? I totally forgot about that. I will. God, no wonder that was. That's why it was so devastating when uh, Mendez had to fill in on last minute notice because they put all that. Pro you know what? I'll take the L. I did. I completely forgot. Totally. And I think totally I. Forgot. I think I took your recommendation that I was wrong and ran with it. Yes. So you did. I think all of that stuff happened in front of 189. Stealing the belt, doing the favelas bit, and I think that's what fueled in hindsight. Uh, Connor saying, you know, if Aldo comes back at 194, if he shows up to fight. Ah, because, yes, you know, yes, 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 yes. That's right. You're right. You're right. I'll take the L. Okay. I fucked that up. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, so also, Luke, they're coming at you again. Uh, Luke got Tyron Woodley's losses in the wrong order the other day on MK. He oh, lost well, to Gilbert I mean, Burns. come on. And then Do you Colby think I, You think I didn't know that shit? I mean, all right. I'll Not take the, the L, other way around, like Luke stated. I mean, is that really an L that I'm reading them not in consecutive order, but that I'm stating that they existed? Did I say that those were in consecutive order? That's the only way those would be wrong. If I said he lost in this order, I just was listing the ones that came to mind. They Luke, don't want BC. We learned BC through the. Is it, BC, is it not true that like doing this job sometimes it's like hard to recall information? Yes. And sometimes yes. you'll do it with a pocket here and a pocket there, and then you have to kind of trace the steps back in your mind. It, it does happen. It, it really does, Luke. I mean, look, as we learned in the Risen debacle, everything you say on this show can and will be used against you. In the <laughs> All right. Of in the opinion. spirit of in the spirit of the, uh, I think it's a bullshit one, but I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, we got one more, Luke, and it's all about Bosu balls from Have You Seen This Shit on Monday. With that out of the way, I write you, says this viewer, to contribute with your to your dead wrong segment. In the UFC 257 instant reaction pod, you mentioned someone having a Bosu ball turned upside down. You can't turn a Bosu ball upside down. Bosu is an acronym for both sides up. Or both sides utilized. Luke, what the hell is a Bosu ball? Why? What are we? What are we doing? A plastic. Here? It's a plastic tray, so to speak, in a circle, and then half of a uh, like a uh, those, those like big giant balls you can sit on, right? So it's sort of like a half inflated ball with a plastic tray. Did not know Bosu stood for that. This is def of all the L's I'm going to take this week. This is the most unambiguous. This is straight up L. He is so right. Did not know this. Now, I uh, the reason why I said it was upside down was because if you've got just the plastic side and then the balloon on one other, if you flip it on just the plastic side, it's sturdy to the ground, right? It's like a, a surface touching another surface. If you flip it over and you've got the 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 ball side to it, you know it's it's uh, it's not sturdy. But there's handles on both sides for just that reason. I used to do push-ups off Bosu balls with the ball side to the ground, or you can put the flat side and you can do all kinds of ab exercises and core exercises. He's right. They're not the same side. It's not equivalent on either side, but there is no such thing as upside down. Didn't know Bosu stood for that. He's correct. That's the L I have to take. You know what was most uncomfortable as a teenager in a, in a gym where I didn't belong, I'm wearing gloves, I don't want to be there, is again when that stereotypical blowhard guy who screams and wears short shorts and that <laughs> large tank top, and when he would call me over to spot him when he's putting up like 475 and I've got arms half the size of this, Luke, is the fact that my BOSU balls would be so close to his face during this transaction. Luke, I don't want to be there at all. Yeah, I, I normally don't do that on a... They've, they've changed the way that the modern bench 
uh, if you get like a really nice bench rack, you don't have to deal with it as much. But this is why it's like, dude, I'm going to get a spotter on like incline bench or, you know. Yeah. So, you know, something something like that where I'm not even going to do like lateral raises where the guy gets behind you, you know, and like the scene from Ghost, you know, your dick to butt. He's like lifting your hands up to the side. You know, those are those are times when yeah. you can just maybe just do less weight, you know. This this feels too much like jail. I I didn't order the tossed salad. You know what I mean, Luke? I don't. I'm not here for that. All right. I feel you, player. Let me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Luke, we, there's only time left for uh, one more thing on Friday, and it's a segment that we do when we can, and it is called tip to tip, or just the tip, or something involving uh, yeah. a tip. Luke. I literally never know what this segment is called. So the whole point, if you're new to this area, is look, we want to shout something out. We want to give a recommendation. We want to give advice. We want to give a tip of the cap to someone or something out there. Luke, can you go first here? Yes, I saw two movies uh, during the last week as I tried to recover from the last week of bodily destruction that BC and I undertook for utterly regrettable reasons. Um, one was really good, and one was well, not really good. One was good, and one was indescribably bad. So you could put up both of the names on the screen if you want, because I'll just go piece by piece here. Okay, so I'll go in order. Let's go with the one that was really bad. Psycho Gorman. Now, I bring this up only because, you know, there's not a lot of movies that are coming out every week, and you might be looking for something new to stream. And I was on Rotten Tomatoes, and, you know, their ratings have just become utterly unreliable. But this is the key. It had good ratings, especially good ratings from critics, and even decent ratings from fans. So I was like, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. It was a B movie, you know, not a B movie, but like an independent movie. It is the worst fucking movie I have ever seen in my life, to the point where if I ever see the director in person, I promise to go to jail for fucking him up, you know, with brass knuckles on my fingers when, when we make contact. This guy doesn't deserve liberty or democracy. Send him to North Korea and never let us speak of him again. I could not fucking believe the reviews on this. And I thought, I was like, okay, you know what? It's going to be like clownpenis.fart says, I love Psycho Gorman. And then I went and looked. It was like Variety Magazine, Austin Chronicle, and they try to tell you that it's satire of existing film genres. No, the fuck it is not. It is a failed satire of existing genres. There's no comedy, even though they try. Not an actor you've ever heard of. And I don't mind the fact that it had a cheap budget that tried to play with that. In fact, I thought they did a pretty good job with, with most of it. I'm warning you, they might pitch this to you as like a movie that's like, ooh, this is irreverent and fun. It's not irreverent. It's not fun. It's a giant waste of money. Don't ever see Psycho Gorman. And to anyone who made a, that movie, uh, please, like Nermal in Garfield, get in a box and ship yourself to Abu Dhabi, please. Um, wow. The one that was actually a little bit better, actually a lot better, was Promising Young Woman, BC. Now, this one is a little cliche. There are parts of it you're like, uh, you're kind of rolling your eyes a little bit. But I'll say this. You got to watch it till the end. And the way they make the movie twist by the time it's over, definitely worth your time. Now, if you buy it now, it's 20 bucks. I don't know that I would pay 20 bucks to go watch this. But once it goes on sale on streaming, where it's now just a few bucks to watch it, you're looking to kill a couple of hours, and it's got a decent ending, promising young woman, give it a shot. Well done, Luke. Uh, I, I, I regrettably have a second tip where I say uh, the first 10 minutes of your live chat this week, Luke, was a freaking debacle. Can you get a sound engineer on that, please? Yeah, well, you know, I am the sound engineer. 
But uh, that's why there's a, always a debacle because I'm not a sound engineer. I'm just trying to play. I'm like the I'm the Jake Paul of sound engineers. When I actually have to be a sound engineer, you see what happens. All right, it sounded like in, in, uh, instrumental, uh, you know, uh, 70s rock there. It sounded really weird. Speaking of that, Luke, we all know I am going deep right now during this quarantine on a 70s vinyl record uh, exploration of a decade I thought was largely forgotten besides the big hitters, Stones, uh, Zeppelin, all that. But now I'm going so deep, Luke, and I'm going places I never thought I would be. Now stay with me here. Um, I've gotten little tastes. Of, of jazz rock through Steely Dan, through some Chicago albums, through Jeff Beck's instrumental run in the late 70s, through even um, Joni Mitchell. And it really, in Joni Mitchell's jazz run, the, the Hegera album, on through some of the weirder stuff, it really opened my eyes to the idea of fusion, Luke. I knew I needed to really go next level. I'm not ready yet for the full leap I thought into actual jazz But I discovered the jazz fusion band that is the bridge for that. And a tip of the cap, not only to Joni Mitchell for employing many members of these bands during some of her jazz albums, but for one Canadian journalist, yes, Aaron Bronstetter, uh, for a a vinyl connoisseur himself and, uh, and an expert on this, for pointing me out to a band that doesn't get any love anymore, Luke, called Weather Report. I specifically picked up Black Market, which has a regrettable cover based on race relations, and uh, Heavy Weather. Uh, Luke, this is some of the most ambitious, incredible, jamming, jazz rock fusion shit you ever imagined. I got there because of Jaco Pastorius, the greatest bass player of all time, the fretless wonder, the artist himself who did work with Joni Mitchell. But what I discovered was, you know, Wayne Shorter on saxophone, Joe Zwinnell on the keys. And um, this is just uh, a bunch of elitist genius artist instrumentalists who are constantly trying to one up each other within each song with the back and forth play. Look, I'm not sophisticated enough in these categories to really give you a full understanding of why this is awesome. But if you're a, uh, open-minded rock guy, you like a little fusion, you like a little jazz rock and you're looking for a bridge to potentially get you into actual jazz. I'm in the middle of that transaction now. And weather report is banging. You put that shit on, it drives you up on your feet, and it's really taking me, Luke, into deeper crevices of my own understanding, into my own brain, taking these solo journeys into my... Uh, Luke, I, I again, I don't have the words to tell you what I'm feeling, but uh, I never knew this band existed. I never knew this kind of music was out there. They lied to us on classic rock radio throughout our lives about what was supposedly good and not. This ain't no cheesy yacht rock I'm trying to serve you up. If you got any sort of inclination into this era area of music, Weather Report will blow your asshole in. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Steely Dan has a song called My Old School where they reference William and Mary, but it turns out it may not even actually be about William and Mary. It may be about Bard College where the two donks met, so I don't even know why they would mention it, but you know what, there Luke? you go. Fuck William and Mary. Fuck Thomas Jefferson, all right? Fuck TJ. He ain't, what did he do? Own slaves? You don't know shit. Didn't you t- tell me you went to the second oldest college in the history of this country? I, I did. It is the second oldest. 
Well, I went to the third oldest, Nogtuck Valley Community Technical College, Luke, all right? No, buddy. You went to the oldest, the school of hard knocks. Don't yeah, you love that on Facebook? I, I, I always see that. Some dude on Facebook, inevitably, you know, some donk who is mired in QAnon and wears a bandana unironically. And every time it says, like, education, so-and-so high school and then college, school of hard knocks. It's like, okay. So is that your way of saying, like, what exactly? It's my way of saying that I was um, I was raised by factories, Luke. You're like, you know, there was the, they got the uh, old mythology wrong. It was Romulus and Remus and, and BC. Those are the three, all drinking from the wolf's titties, just like you. Thank you. Thank you. That's our do, show for the week. Do, do you uh, know Luke, what I'm referencing? You know, I've been there a little bit, Luke. Uh, my brain Romulus and Remus? It doesn't work as fast as it used to. Okay, Luke, can you just let me off the hook here? Can you not? Can you, you know, I'm going I'm going through a lot right now with this uh, attempt to not be fat. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Luke, that's our show for the week. Thank you for joining me. Uh, please, a lot of great stuff out there. Showtime.com. Get your 30 days free. I don't even need you to pound sand at the end because I, I kind of believe you're going to be a subscriber because of the great stuff going on there. Uh, you can wear this fantastic merch on store.show.com. Either the All the Smoke, Showtime Basketball, Morning Combat. Support all of our great brands there. Uh, tell them BC sent you. You know, I'm not I'm not sure where that'll get you, but tell them that just the same. Uh, Luke Thomas is going to have a nice weekend off. Luke, is the storm coming, though, so to speak, from big fights on the horizon? Yeah, I was looking at the UFC's calendar. They are going to get busy starting next week. I got to say, I'm waiting for Bellator to get going. It's like it's going to be February before they've had anything. So I guess I, I don't even know. Do we know when their first scheduled show is? I don't think so. And I think that's the same with Showtime Boxing. We know some kind of, you know, you're hearing all the reports. You're seeing all the things. Broner's got a new opponent. There's some big dates coming. I want to be, uh, I want to hear that shit. All right, let's do that. Let's, yeah, Jerron Ennis. Jerron Ennis has his next fight coming up. Boots. Dude, Can't wait to see that. You hear those rumors of the opponent, Sergey Lipinets? That is a test and a half. That's like, why don't you come in my kitchen, okay? It's called hell. Let's, 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 let's find out how good you are. <laughs> We're firemen. We live yeah. in the fire. Luke, are you a fan of Teddy Atlas's shameless crossover directly into MMA content? I mean, listen, as a guy who's trying to get into boxing, am I really in a position to tell Teddy Atlas what he can and can't do? That's a fair point. You know, you as know, a guy not... trying to get into jazz, who who am I to tell you what to listen to? You know? I will say, you know, listen, anybody, look, I always say this. People come to MMA or boxing or combat sports at different times in their life when they're ready. He appears to be quite ready for it. You know, is there is there some kind of careerist element to it? Maybe. Um, but if he produces quality work, I've not seen anything recently, but if he produces quality work, then who gives a damn? Uh, Ryan Garcia got a Gatorade deal, so shout out to that, Luke, okay? Let's get that back. Yeah, but like the GSP done. deal where it was only in Canada and you didn't see shit down here? All right, well, I guess we're just going to keep hating. Uh, keep hate, hating hate, on hate, everybody. Hate, hate. Uh, look, the documentary, the second documentary of uh, of uh, Donkeymentary 2.0 is, is in the works right now. I don't have an active release date. I'll have to follow that up. But good God, Luke, there was a lot of drama that week. Let's see how much they, they how much, let's see the size of their balls, right? How much do you want to capture and put out into the world? Because we certainly gave. We gave, well, I gave. I, I, I gave a lot, Luke. Yes, uh, you gave more than I did. That is true. This is more your project than it is mine. I sort of go along with it. But this is definitely, like, all the stuff about, like, here's my warmed over takes on combat sports. That's not really art. But this this is a little bit closer to that. So we'll see how it goes. You mean just being yourself with a camera on you? 
Yeah, but you're not just being yourself. I mean, you were acting, you were setting up scenarios, shooting all well, kinds of B-roll. That's not being yourself. That's, that's reality TV, which we know is fake. You know, no, they said show up at this time and just art. Yeah, but you didn't. You know, you're being phony for the purposes of a, you know, a Spinal Tap documentary. Question is, is it, is it art in the end? Probably. All right. Okay. Well, we're going nowhere right now, Luke, so why don't we get out of here? For our great friends at Malka, Showtime, and CBS Sports, there are your social hooks on the bottom. If you've heard something we said this week and you think it's dead wrong or you want to send us a great pic of you wearing an MK merch piece or you creating a meme of uh, Dumb and Dumber with our faces on it, please send it to morningcombat at gmail.com. Um yeah, shout out to uh, Manich and Gaff on the ones and twos today, and uh, may all of your gains do something else. Uh, we love you. We'll be back Monday. A lot of great bonus content out there to catch up on our YouTube channel if you haven't. And uh, I got two more words for you, right? We out. Yeah. <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday, CBS raises the hand of the champion while lifting the spirits of our frontline heroes. The celebration starts at 2 Eastern, with JB and the guys getting you ready for the game on the Super Bowl today. They'll cover the X's and O's, along with special performances from Miley Cyrus and some of the biggest names in music. It's all leading up to the biggest game of the year at 6 Eastern, February 7th. Celebrate Super Bowl Sunday on CBS.